Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, bless you, Lord Jesus. Yes, yeah, just give him, th- thank him, saints. Thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I want to appreciate pastors uh, allowing me to come and share the word this morning. It's always a a humbling thing to do, it's an exciting thing to do, but I want God's will to be done. A preacher that comes forward and cannot say that is a preacher you, you need, to, need to go do something else about. We want preachers and men of God and women of God preach. They want to hear the will of God done. They want to see it done. And this message I'm going to share with you for the next few minutes is going to change lives if, if the lives will hear what God's going to say here. God gave me this word right after when Brother Risner gave his ministry, sharing a couple weeks ago. When I heard him, I said, God said, that's it. This is what you're going to say. And this is the word we're going to bring forth. We're t- we hear the word, the next level, so much these days. It's almost a cliche. It really is. But that's what God's told me to come preach on. And we're going to do it using the, the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 7 through 20. Would you stand just for a reading of a couple of verses. We're not going to read all of it, but just a couple. This is going to be like the highlight text. Not that I have already, it's in verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Father, just for the next few moments, Lord, draw nigh to us. Holy Spirit, continue to have your way in our midst right now. Continue to speak. Continue to be heard, Father, in Jesus' name. Let your will be done. That's why we're here, God. Let you do a work in lives that you will be pleased with, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Like I tell Pastor, you know, I appreciate you giving me a chance to share. And uh, I don't get a chance to preach in my home church much. A lot of what I do in my preaching and teaching is outside the four walls here. Um, uh, we do do quite a bit of work with our with our, our our Spirit Watch Ministries. We do podcasting, visitation, a lot of other interesting things, in 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 the course of spiritual warfare. I mean, we're 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 doing a work to storm the kingdom of Satan. We're doing what we can to bring light where where it needs to be, but it's not isn't the only thing. This is what I was born again to do: was to preach and minister the Word of God, and that's what I hope to do today. So if I speak for ten minutes, don't worry about it. Uh, that, that, that's the God speaking. If I speak for an hour and ten minutes, don't worry. 
I assure you, when, when the Spirit stops speaking, so will I. <laughs> I will stop speaking, believe me. So we want to move ahead now to our texts here. Like I said, we're going to be preaching through this here. And unfortunately, because of a format error, uh, the three major panels of Scripture aren't going to be there. So I'm going to, be, of course, preach, have to preach a little better and let you know what, what exactly is we're preaching through. So uh, we do have, you can go to the next screen. That, that one does work. So, um, so we're talking about what the Lord said. That we, we want, he wanted me to speak to you about the next level. Again, it's a cliche. We hear that so much, okay? I was just doing a, just a random search of things on, on Google, the almost all-knowing Google. And I said, you know, there's, 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 did you know that there's next level apparel? Uh, next level sports conditioning? Next level training? Next level gaming parlors? There's, there's next level burgers. Ooh, I better be careful right before noon. I don't be bringing that up now. There's next level dancing and next level recovery. Uh, recently, just thank because of yesterday's uh, victory over the Tennessee Titans, the Bears, are, everybody's asking, will DJ Moore help Justin Fields reach the next level? Well, I'm sure regardless whether we're Cubs or Sox fans, we're all Bears fans, right? <laughs> Some of us are Cubs fans too, I understand that. But those of us who are understand there's a next level the Bears need to get to, amen? They've been needing to get to it for quite a while. So <laughs> and, of course, there is the next level church. You go around, there's churches saying they are calling themselves the next level church. Well, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to want to do a next level. Nothing wrong with that. It's just you, a next level is just the next point of achievement that you make as you journey through whatever endeavor it is you want, you want to make, you know, some impact in. So the point is, is that when we talk about the next level, we talk about in terms of what, the, of what the scripture here is talking about, we see that Paul has got something for us here. There are some admonitions here he wants us to get a hold of here in this verse. He's speaking to the Philippian church, and he had just in the past few verses before verse 7 talked about what, a, what, what, his, what his basic his pedigree was. He was a Pharisee. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was zealous. He was blameless. He was one of the most, I mean, crackling with energy kind of guys. He was a Pharisee's Pharisee. No one was more zealous for God or the things of God than him. Of course, that was all on the law. He was serving the law under the, under the Mosaic law. And he realized, I, he felt, listen, I got it all together. And now here, let's go read verse. Verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Ooh. Yet indeed, I have also counted all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. If you're taking notes, and at this point, the PowerPoint would have made this clear, there's three things you might want to write down. These are headings. The first one we're, we're going to jump on right now. There's, there's, a, there's a question that Paul's asking here. And this is the first heading. Where are you at? If you're going to get to the next level, 
If you as a, as a believer in Jesus are going to proceed to the next level of your faith development, and yes, you do need to be doing that, right? Amen? Amen? Somebody say amen. I mean, we got to grow. We can't remain children the rest of our lives. Some of the oldest, nicest, sweetest people I've ever seen in church are some of the meanest, most immature I've ever seen. Huh? Hello? I've seen them. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to down them, but they are. They have tempers. They have their gossips. Their tongues are split in two. I mean, this, this, this. I'm not saying all people, but there are some people you know. You know what I'm talking about. There are people like that who have been in the church all their lives. And these are people we reckon. Oh well, they. Well, look at look at their positions. Look at how far they've gone. Look at what they've done. You know what Paul just said? What did Paul just say here? He's asking the question. He was asking the question, where, where am I at? And he asks us today, where are you at? He's saying, I've counted all these things that I thought were so good, rubbish. They're trash. They're junk. And I want, I want, to, I got to lose them. I got to get them out of our lives. He's saying, I want to do that to what? To gain Christ. Hallelujah. How many of you today can say you, when you got saved, you really understood, yeah, I need to gain Christ. Maybe you just want the holy uh, fire insurance from hell. And, and you know, and that's, a, that's good to be saved for that way. I mean, for, I mean, God does deliver us from that, of course. But isn't loving him, isn't desiring him, is it walking after his will and desiring more and more? I mean, gaining Christ, understanding who he is. Isn't that what the Christian life should be all about? You can go into many churches and many places and see many Christians, and you wonder, what, 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 where are they coming from? They represent everything except him. And he's saying, no, I want to be found in him. I don't want my own righteousness. See, that's the problem. Too many people are comfortable with their righteousness. We like our religiosity, our spirituality. We like where we are. We can fit. It's, it fits us like this, like this coat or, or a blanket. so warm and snug. It makes us feel just safe. We're good. We're all right. I ask people, do you know, do you know, do you know Jesus? He says, I, I, well, I go to church. I said, I didn't ask you that question. Do you know Christ? Do you know him? How are you winning him? What unrighteousness have you put aside? Now I'm starting to meddle, but that's what we do, right? Preachers, that's what we do. We meddle because this is what the scripture here says. This is what Paul's doing. He says, I need not to not have my own righteousness, which is from the law, but, which is, but that which is through faith. That's the gospel. That's the secret of the gospel of Jesus. We lay aside all the junk we thought made us so righteous and holy, and we understand it's junk. It's rubble. It's something we need to count as loss. And, we, and it's something we need, to count, we need to count as a loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. When I became a Christian when I was in the Navy, you know what? It was a tough time. To be in the military is bad enough, but in the Navy, where you're stuck on board a ship for several weeks at a time, several months at a time, you look at the same guys, and, and they all look at you because you, you've told them you believe in Christ. They all look at you like, like you've got a third eye on your head. 
you, you realize, you know, and you're not even sure what you've been talking about. But I learned through, through very harsh lessons in life there that, you know, I've got to know and love Jesus more than anything in the world if I'm going to be real. And that's what he's saying. To be saved, to know Christ, is not to have my own righteousness. There's things I had to get rid of that I didn't quite understand. I thought, well, well this is holy. This is great. This is what I should be. And the Lord said, no. This is an abomination. I remember going to a Roman Catholic church when I was in Rome. I actually got to do a tour. And I was looking around and looking at the Vatican and seeing all this unbelievable wealth and ostentation. And we went to, but, but that was a sight to see. It just, I started seeing all the pictures representing what I was supposed to believe as a, as a good Roman Catholic. And I just started getting more and more antsy. I kept moving through it. And they finally got us to, another, to a, yet another church. And it went up and I looked up in the ceiling. And there's this absolutely amazing oil painting of Mary holding the cross looking down at the earth, and everybody's looking to her and for herself and for salvation as the light of the world. And that made me sick because that's not what Scripture teaches. That's a righteousness that is apart from God. That is righteousness that is part of a faith that has chosen to go that way. I mean, I'm not downing Catholics, but I'm telling you, I was one, and I know that was not gospel truth I saw. It had to be put aside. I, um, I was looking up at it, and it was, the picture was just so beautiful. You have to see it. It, 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 it almost made me want, 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 want to kneel, you know, and I almost, I was like this, get ready to genuflect and do the sign of the cross. And instead, I just felt this horrible, horrible conflict within me because I realized there's a righteousness within this thing that was not what I knew was true. I walked away. I left, I left there. I did not go <laughs> another church in there and haven't really since. Why? Because I want to know him. The power of his resurrection. The righteousness which is from God by faith. I don't need priesthoods. We don't need all the stuff of religion. And not just Roman Catholicism, any religion. You don't need their stuff to know God. It's simply faith in Jesus. That's the excellency that we got to pursue. If we're going to ask, we're going to get to the next level, let's make sure we're at the most basic one. Where are you at? We need to ask that question. See, we really get, we can get, we can get, I can, I can, ooh, I can, I can snap into another frame of mind right now and start really preaching about knowing him and the power of his resurrection. We hear that in camp meeting, don't we? We hear that in camp meeting and different churches, and we can get really get people moving and get, we can have, real, have church talking about the power of the resurrection flowing through us, anointing us, moving. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's true. That's true. But what we miss, what we miss is the next part of that verse. And the fellowship of his suffering. Being conformed to his death. Woo! That's like cold water in the back of your head on a January night in Hammond, Indiana. We don't want to hear about sufferings. 
I mean, we're, we're meant to live in glory and victory, right? But guess what? We're all touching them. They visit us. Amen? We are visited daily by sufferings. By, uh, and here he's saying we need to know Christ not only by the resurrection power he gives us by faith, but also by the fellowship of his suffering. What is fellowship? It's when you come together and you share. You get together. You're with other people. You're all sharing one another's lives like we're going to do tonight. We come together. We share. We have meals together. We do life together. But then at the same time, there's a level of fellowship that we're called into deeper, as Jesus says. The fellowship of his sufferings. How did Jesus suffer? He suffered for the sins of the world. He suffered to become. Imagine Jesus being God, who he is. This is God Almighty coming down and crowding him and, and, and incarnating in a human body. That's weak. That feels pain. It's like, it's like a man becoming an ant or a slug. He lowered himself to be that way. He took on the sufferings of a human being. He felt pain. He felt heartache. And yet he didn't, he didn't, blanch, he didn't blanch once. He gladly took it for us. In, and in, in the sufferings that we all face, we can look ahead. We have a choice. We can have a choice in this matter. We can look at what we struggle with as just something that's make us bitter, make us angry, make us feel crushed down. Or we can look at it and say, you know, is this an opportunity Christ is giving me to enjoy sufferings, to suffer as he did? To take that physical pain that we suffer with and understand that's what he felt too for us. I'm not just saying you get all into the, into the suffering side. That's no, not at all. It says we both, it's, there's, a, there's a balance of this. We know his power. We know his ability. We know his might and his glory thrown through us. Like we just had a moment ago, but at the same time we understand we, there are his sufferings. There are struggles. There are things we have to fight with. Even Paul in another part of scripture says that he had a, a thorn in the flesh. He fought, with, he fought with this physical thing. I believe the scripture show, teaches that it, is, that it was physical. And he said, Lord, three times he said, Lord, take this from me, please. And what was, what was his answer? My grace is sufficient for you. That's why when we pray for the sick, you know, it's God's work. He can do mighty things and heal. I've seen it happen. I've seen cancers healed. I've seen it, and then, I, and then I haven't. But we can pray for grace upon grace upon grace. Grace being undeserved favor. That he enables us to endure and embrace that fellowship with him that pleases him. And makes our lives an understandable mystery. Can't tarry here, but, but that's what he's saying. I want to know Christ that way. I want to live in the fellowship of his sufferings and the power of resurrection. If by any means, he says, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. What we were just singing about today. I'll fly away. Oh, glory. We're singing about leaving this physical planet, blasting off this stinking place, and taking back on the renewed robes of our own mortality. 
You look at his body. I mean, I look at it, I look at it every day when I go to shower. I'm like, dude, it's falling apart. I think we all maybe feel that way. But you know what? This same body, God's going to renew. The scripture teaches that. We sang about it. This body will be renewed. And, and that's what Paul's saying. I'm hoping for that. I'm looking ahead to that. That's coming. He's going to bring it. And he says in verse 12, not that I've already attained or I've already perfected, but I am pressing on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. See, there's more, so much more to life, folks, brothers, sisters. There's so much more to life than just suffering, than just you know, paying bills and being cheated on and being all these things. There's a life that God has for us. His things he's, he's attained for us. He's, he wants to lay hold of He wants to offer them to us. But what's the secret? He says, not have, I should not have my own righteousness. And I shouldn't clutch to myself those things that I think are so good about it. we got to lay these things aside if we're to make room for the, that which Christ Jesus has laid hold for us. Every one of you here, every one of you, Christ has something specific. He has a destiny. He has a blessing. He has a direction. He has a ministry. He has a healing. He has something specifically for you. There are no big I's or big U's in the kingdom of God. He has something for every one of us here. But what are we doing? The question is, where are we at? What room are we making for that to move in our lives? What room are you making? To press toward the goal, our second heading would be, where are you moving? And that's going to be in verses uh, 13 to 17, which I'll read once I wet my whistle. My wife asked me, Boy, do you ever get nervous when you go preaching? I said, well, I'm always very careful. I, want, I do not want to exceed what God wants to say. I want to say only what he says. I never really feel nervous. However, I get dry as Death Valley uh, when I preach. And uh, <laughs> I just got to keep them bloomed. So I think that's the nerves for, for, uh, just showing up physically. So, uh, but anyway, um, because I want, I, want God, I want God to use me. Because uh, I, I want him to say what he wants to say to whoever is here. You're all not here by accident. God meant every one of you to be here. To those watching online, God meant you to watch online. Maybe years from now you watch this. Maybe tonight. God meant for you to be by, to hear what his word says to you. These promises are for you. Verse 13. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. It's the same thought. I have not yet arrived. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching toward those things Reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We're meant to press on. We're not meant to sit and feel sorry. I even know, you know, it's tempting to feel that way. We're human. We've hurt. 
We're misunderstood. We don't like to feel pain. But what did we just talk about? Jesus has called us to embrace suffering as fellowship with him. I mean, we don't welcome it, but when it comes, let's let God do what he wants to through us. Amen? Let's let him have his perfect way. You know, he says here, forget those things, however, which are behind. Again, he keeps repeating himself. He wants to make clear to us, we are to put things behind. There are people walking around with chips on their shoulders that are practically a sawmill's worth of stuff that they've carried around with them for years, which have kept them from walking in God. They've kept them from knowing him. The power of that resurrection, the fellowship of the suffering, the things he has on hold for you. Tanya, I don't know what God has for you. I don't know. And then I don't know what God has for you. But he does. I know you're here because you know he's got something for you. Fernando and Kiel said, I don't know what God has for you. But he's got something here for you. You're pursuing it. Pursuit is what the whole point of these verses say. I am pressing toward the goal for the prize of the what? Upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We're meant to press ahead. We're meant to never quite be satisfied. I, I never am. I mean, I'm thankful for how far I've come in the Lord, but I'm always restless. I'm always knowing there's something else I need to be doing. That doesn't mean I'm questioning my salvation. Remember that. I'm not questioning that I'm saved. I'm not questioning I'm sanctified. I'm not questioning I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I do wonder sometimes, what, Lord, what else? In what area? What do I need behind? What righteousness? What thing do I need to put behind me? You know what? If you're honest with God, he'll show you. <laughs> he'll show you. You heard the old saying, uh, you know, I feel so far from God. Well, guess who moved? It's not, it's not God. You moved. You changed your mind. You decided to do something else with the righteousness he gave you. But in the end, if we want to see growth, we're going to ask ourselves, where are we moving? What are we doing? That's the second, as I said, the second point. Where are we moving? Where are we going? Where are we going to end up at? My mother, my mother was a, a lover of God, and she's gone with the Lord now, but one of the things she would do, and you probably are wondering why this has been up here, but this is, this is the point I'm going to make here. I mean, this is what we do, right? In churches, right? We, we do clean up. My mother was like that. My mother had a servant heart. We were going to a church of God that's half the size of this one. If the whole congregation was filled, we could maybe have 50, 60, 70 people in it. It's a small church. But as she was doing just this very thing, she, she shut it off. Thank you, honey. She went to go clean the toilets and do all the things that you do to make a church clean. Picking up all the trash wrappers and all the crayons in the back of the pews and all that. And she did pretty much what my wife just did. She sat down in the church. It was quiet. And she began to, began to pray. She began to cry. I was just listening to her. I have a recording of her telling the story. And I just had to listen to it again. I, I don't listen to it much because I, I mix 
it makes me want to cry. But I had to listen to this morning. And she said, you know, as she was cleaning that church and she sat down, she began to cry. And then she, and then she got a little gumption in and she began to pray. She said, God, and this is exact words, God, if you're the true God, you're the real God. If you are God, why is this church struggling so much? Why do we face so much when this church down the street, this big Catholic church right down from where we were, is filled every day? It's a challenging thought. It really is. But the Lord said to her, I'm anointing you, I'm calling you to pray. I want you to start praying for this church. And, and she said this is the first time she ever heard she, the voice of the Lord. She, she was like this. She says, That's, I'm hearing these words. She said, I, I don't, they're not me. God told her, start praying for this church. Within three years, within three years, that church exploded with growth. Exploded. Why? Because she was unwilling to let God off the hook. You know, God loves it when we challenge him a little bit. Amen? Sometimes we think, well, he's God. Uh, I don't want him to offend me. I don't want him to squish me. No, 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 no. Job did that. Job, the entire book of Job, you can hear him complaining to God. And through it all, it wasn't until the very end in which God spoke to him and says, okay, you need to back off a little bit there. But through it all, the Bible says, he did nothing and said nothing that offended him. But he was challenged by what he suffered. He was challenged by what he was carrying. He wanted, he wanted healing. He wanted deliverance. He wanted restoration. God said, you know what, I'm going to do that. He is, God, I think, is sometimes want, he's waiting for us to call him on his promises. Amen. How many of you have a prom can think of one scriptural promise that you're standing on right now? There's, a, there's an issue you're facing. There's a battle you're facing. There are people that you're struggling with. There's situations that no one else knows except you and the Lord. There may be a healing that you're standing on. There may be friends and family that are wandering away and, and getting in trouble. There are scriptural promises that you are standing on. And you're not going to move. You're just not going to move. You're going to say, Lord, you promised. I love how my wife's pastor, or his former pastor, Pastor Choco in Chicago, said that. He said he, said he would go to the Lord and say, Lord, you promised. You promised, Lord. You said in the scripture that you would never leave us, never forsake us, that we would always be, you would always be our strong tower. Amen. He said, you promised that. And that's, the, that's what Paul's trying to say. He said, I'm pressing toward the goal with the prize of the upward call. There's an upward call. God's calling you to something bigger than where you are, saints. You think your life's over. You think you're done. You think, you're, you think it's all finished. You think that maybe you've been tempted to believe that, well, you know, God's ignoring me. What's the use? You know, God's got something bigger for you. He has his will to follow. He has a, a life to give you. He has a purpose to provide you. He has a destiny for you. The scripture says that. That's a promise. Call him on it. Do what God is calling you to do and be fearless. 
Don't care what people say. You know, if there's, if there's certain things of your righteousness we've been talking about, you need to lay aside, lay them aside. Put them aside. There's nothing worth than the excellency of Christ Jesus. Therefore, verse 15, therefore let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Every one of us are individuals. Every one of us are diverse. Every one of us have opinions. Every one of us have our own unique set of our convictions and ideals that, that, we, that we should all respect. We don't have to agree with them. Hello? We don't have to agree with what everyone believes, but at the same time, we respect them. It's, it's wise to be, to be civil over your, over your disagreement. It's wise. But he's saying here, there is a point at which he's saying here, we need to walk by the same rule. There's one, there are truths we need to be living by. We need to be basing our lives upon. There are specific things that we do not go beyond if we're going to be of the same mind. We've sung about today. We talked about that. The mind. We need to get the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? It is his thoughts. It is his will. It is what he expresses in, in, in the gospel. It's what he teaches us on how to look at other people, how to act with other people, and how to live with other people. It's in by, for, by love and forgiveness. You let things go. You reconcile. You don't harbor things up. You let things go. We've been talking about, pastor's been talking about our theme for the year has been refining. Our theme has been restoration, renewal, rebuilding. This is a time right now where we're thinking about the very same thing. God's calling us to understand where we are, to understand where are we moving, where are we going, where are we moving with these convictions we have, what are they really doing for us? How many times do we have to come in and out of church with the same smile? And really inside, we are absolutely devastated. Why? Because our, we, we lost sight of the promises of God. We lost sight of them. And he's calling us. No, lay, lay whatever's blinding you. Lay it aside. Be found in him. Put aside those righteousnesses, he says. And he says, brethren, look, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. It's not wrong to look at examples, amen? Pastor, pastor is our, is our, is our, he's our shepherd. He's our example. But we look at one another. And I can tell you right now, in the, in the three years my wife and I have been here, I look, to you, I look to many of you as my examples. There are things you are doing that I make, may make me wonder, man, do I really know what I'm saying and doing? Because you are, you are examples. You're examples to me from my wife. Uh, you've been examples to my, to my grandchildren. I mean, I'm thankful that, that we have examples to look to, especially in a day and age when there are so many false ones. There are so many false And that's what he's going on here. If we want to get to the next level, we also got to, we've asked, we ask ourselves, where are we, where are we at? Where are we moving? 
And finally, we're, who are we following? Who are we following? Verses 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping. That they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. He, who set their mind on earthly things. You want to ask yourself, am I, how do I know that who I'm listening to or who I'm following is good? How much time do they spend with earthly things? How much attention do they focus on the things of this world and this time, the fluff of everything? And, and don't set your minds on him. How much are they spending time telling you, you know, to me to live is Christ, to die is gain? When they're rather telling you something else, some other message about some predisposition or some preoccupation. They want you to share with them. And saints, there are, there are many of them doing just that. There are many walking, he says, and I've told you often. Okay, that's not written for our, for our amusement. He's warned us many times. If you, if you read in the book of, of Acts chapter 20, uh, verse 31, I'm going to read that. It's, it's really quite touching to see how Paul, he's mentioning how he was weeping. Well, let, let, let's hear, what, let's hear what, he, what, he was, what he was weeping about here. Acts chapter 20. He was with the Ephesian elders. This is before he was going to be getting ready to be trucked off to Jerusalem. He says, I'm going, and you're not going to see me again. And he says, verse 29, I know this, Acts 20, 29, I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Draw them after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years, three years, I did not cease to warn everyone day and night with tears. Now, that's, that's Paul writing to the Ephesians. He was still telling the Philippians with the same broken spirit. He's saying, listen, I'm weeping. I've told you often. There are enemies of the cross of Christ at your doors. They are among you. They have a speech they look more Christian than Christians. They look so squeaky clean. They are going to beckon to you. They're going to appeal to those things that you hold so dear. And say, oh, yeah, it's okay to be that way. Yeah, yeah. God would understand. Here's grace. Grace covers everything. You can hear the hiss of the serpent in that. Because that's a lie from the pit. God has his way. And when you see people living the opposite way, living as they choose, indulging in the world, then you got to wonder, where are they really at? Who are they following? You know, I, don't, I don't like to bring it up. I don't. But, you know, one of the things, the reasons, the ministries that my wife and I do is helping people who are ripped off by this very thing. For 20 years, we watched Gwen Shamblin, a big cult leader down in Tennessee, do her thing with this very same thing. Her, her, her end was destruction. She died in a plane crash. Her God was her belly, literally. She said, you, you weren't saved unless you weighed a certain amount. In that case, I'm dead. Of course, I already knew that. I, they, they thought I was 
of an Antichrist anyway, and whose glory is in their shame. They rejoiced in their carnality. They rejoiced in what they felt they could get away with because to them, as they said, the pure, to the pure, all things are pure. They took that scripture and twisted it. To the pure, and it was her purity, not the purity of Christ, to the pure, all things are pure so they could do what they wanted to. <laughs> For 20 years, I had to help people twisted by that horrible situation. And I still do it still with, other, with other groups. But the point is, is that there are many walking around speaking to us, providing narratives and tales and fables and TikTok videos and all kinds of things which we're going to spend time watching. One of the most addictive things you can get on is, on social media is watching videos. You can spend an hour or two watching those things. I'm not, is that wrong? No. I'm not saying it's wrong to watch videos. Get that right. But I'm saying, what are you feeding yourself with? What themes are you striking on? What are you allowing kids to watch? What are you allowing your friends to watch? What will you, do, what will you immediately talk about? You want to talk about the latest influencer rather than Jesus? The Lord. That's what he's talking about. He's saying our citizenship, move on. Our citizenship, our, for, verse 20, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Again, the question is, well, you know, uh, well, how, do, how do I know I'm, I'm walking with God? You know, I, I listen to this person. I, I, that's one of the things I get so much. People ask me, well, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy? What do you say about that person? What do you say about this person? I point to this very scripture. I said, look, where is he pointing you to? Where is she telling you to go? What is she advising you to do as opposed to looking up to the one who is Lord, whose word here tells us something maybe entirely different. Our citizenship should be in heaven. What does that mean? It means we as believers, we have eternal life. Did you know your eternal life already began? Your eternal life has already begun. All you're waiting for is to get this stuff renewed, saints. In the meantime, you're serving him. You're walking through the stuff of this world. You're going to go ahead and you're going to keep your eyes on him and just continue to serve him. Your eternal life has already begun. You know, I could, I could look at someone and say, you know, a robber can walk through the door and say, you know, listen, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to quit talking about Christ. I said, I'm going to kill you. Said, you know, I said, go ahead. I'm already dead. I'm already gone. My life is already hidden with Christ and Jesus. It's there. I don't care about my life. I really don't. I mean, I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't want to die. There's a lot of living I want to do. I just married a woman 10 years ago. So <laughs> we're going to celebrate 10 years, by the way, uh, next, any of next month. Praise God. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But she, has, but she and I understand this. You know, for us to live is Christ, and to die is gain. 
I want my citizenship to be in heaven. I want my place, who I am, to be rooted in the gates of glory. That's why, you know, there's people that some, we, we sang the song, I'll Fly Away. You know, I had a Pentecost preacher once tell me, you know what, I just can't stand that song. I said, what? He says, yeah, that's just so, uh, that's from old timey and this and that. You know, and I was just a theology behind that is bad. And I looked at him and I said, Really? You're serious about that? <laughs> wow. Okay. That's how some people think about what we're talking about. We're talking about a citizenship drawn in. We're looking ahead. We're looking ahead to go. We're looking ahead to, to, be, me, to be with Jesus. We're going to fly away. That's a good song. It's great theology. It's what the scripture teaches. Our citizenship should be looking ahead, up, upward. We should be pressing on. Not following those who say otherwise. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're blue, whether you're, whether you're black or white. It doesn't matter whether you're red or blue. It doesn't matter whether you're whether you're whether you're young or old. It does not matter if you are looking to political or spiritual saviors other than the master, the one whose citizenship we are being a part of. Then you're looking at the wrong place for your saving. And that's unpopular. I don't care. I'm careful what I say. Well, I'm careful what I say in that we need to understand what I'm talking about. We need to understand that there's only one Savior. There's only one Lord. There's only one citizenship that's going to get us through, the, through, the, through glory, and that's through him. And if what we are following or pursuing takes us any other direction and we spend more time in that and we adopt all kinds of fears and all kinds of biases as a result of that for other people, then you know what? You're looking at the wrong place. He says, I want my citizenship to be in heaven by which he's able, he says, the working by which he's able even to subdue all things to himself. See, Jesus is Lord. Amen? Jesus is Lord. Amen? He's in charge. He is Lord. Do you realize you could, you could be shot or killed for confessing that in different parts of our world, for saying Jesus is Lord? Thousands of Christians died for that confession. But they didn't care. They said Jesus is Lord. He's able to subdue all things to himself. Christ is able to be Lord over everything. So if you're going to aspire to the next level, if you're going to get to where God would have you to go, what we were talking about, then you need to ask those questions. Where are you at? Where are you moving? And who are you following? Praise God. As the musicians come and we stand, we want to think about this. We'll ask you a couple more questions and we're going we're gonna to pray. And like I said, I could have turned on, become a, believe me, I like to preach. I'm a Pentecostal. I love to just flat out lay it down and preach. But God doesn't let me do that when he, until, he, until he says so. And with this, we need to understand. If we're going to get to the next level in our 
walk with Christ. If we're going to get there, this is, the, this is the roadmap. Paul laid it down. Father, just for the next few minutes, we ask right now in Jesus' name to look ahead, Lord God, to what you're about to do. You know, Joel 3.14 says multitudes, multitudes are in the valley of decision. And the day of the Lord is, the, is found there. This message was meant not, you know, if people want to come down and pray, they can. I certainly invite you to these altars are wide open. And I'm going to invite you to consider, if not here, then throughout the week. Do we have the next screen up? I guess we don't have the next screen up. I guess it's down. I have a let's do the Bible screen, but apparently, again, we, we, we're having technical troubles. It's okay. We can do the Bible right now. I'm going to give you something to think about. I want you to go home this week and read these verses. And then you need to ask yourselves that question. These questions. Where are we at? Where are you moving? Where, who are you following? What's keeping you from what God wants you to do? Do you truly love God or yourself? Are you comfortable with this world? There's things of the world, our fleshy desires, and even the old snares of Satan that easily take hold of us too quickly. I want us to go, I want you to encourage you to think on these things. If you want to do that here, you can. If you want to do it at home, that's up to you and God. I leave these matters to you to God. But let's understand. We need to make a conscious decision to really go where God wants us to be. Help us understand where God has each of us to go. Help us make a conscious decision to forget these things and to press on to the next level. Then live it out. If you feel like you need to shorten your, your list with God, the list of those things that you, maybe you've made a list while you're talking, while we're sharing our scripture. Like say, Lord, I, I need to work on some things. These altars are open if you want to come pray. They're open. We'll pray with you. But if you go home this week, I, wanna, I really want to encourage you to really think this through. This is, a, this is a moment of decision, saints. This can change lives. Maybe you're waiting for a change. Maybe you know someone that needs a change who's struggling with these very things we're talking about. It's time to listen. Time to listen. Time to heed. Father, we thank you right now. As these altars are open, here or in the seats, God, have your perfect work done in our lives, Lord. Help us arrive at the next level that we need to. Lord, help me. I need to get there, Lord. You see, how, how, Lord, how undone I am without you. I need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to walk with you, to bow our knees to you, to put aside those comfortable righteousnesses that we put around us, which completely keep us apart from you. 
Help our faith be purified. Help our walk be reassured. Help us take a hold of the very things you have for us. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Help us attain to the resurrection of the dead, Lord. Help us press toward that goal. And be in the same mind, God. Let's love one another and respect one another. And press on to perfection, God. As we love and praise you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Help us walk, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Father, help my brothers and sisters, Father, as we prepare to go our separate ways. Father, help us right now, Lord God, to take these questions Use them, Father. They were yours, not mine. Use them to bring us closer to you, to be prepared for you, that we might be all you wish us to be. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. As I said, I, I, I will not leave the altars. There's people that need prayer. But we want to thank you for coming. Don't forget tonight, 6 p.m. I think it is 6 p.m. I think it's what it is. Father, let us go in our separate ways, Father. Let us pray together right now your words, Father, in the psalm. Let the words of our mouths, Lord God, and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength. And our Redeemer. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.